Hello everyone, this is Jennifer and today in this podcast I will talk about psychoanalytic criticism and some critical response from me about this criticism. The reason why I chose psychoanalytical criticism is that whether we realize it or not, psychoanalytic concepts have become part of our everyday life. If you have ever told an angry friend, don't take it out on me, you are accusing that friend of displacement, which is the psychoanalytic name for transferring our anger from one person onto another person. And now, before we go deeper into the critical response, let me give you a brief explanation of psychoanalytic. So, what is psychoanalytic? Psychoanalytic is a form of literary criticism that uses several psychoanalytic techniques regarding its interpretation in literary works. The goal of psychoanalysis itself is a therapy for curing chaotic states by investigating the interaction of conscious and unconscious elements in the mind. The classic method used to get the patient to speak freely is by suppressing the fear, worry, and conflict that put the problem into the conscious mind and by facing it, rather than burying the residue in the subconscious. And of course, if psychoanalysis can help us better understand human behavior, then it must certainly be able to help us understand literary texts which are about human behavior. Psychoanalytical literary criticism on one level concerns itself with dreams, for dreams are a reflection of the unconscious psychological states of dreamers. Freud, for example, contends that dreams are the guardians of sleep when they become distinguished fulfillments of repressed wishes. To Freud, dreams are the, lo- the royal road to the personal unconscious of the dreamer and have a direct relation to literature which often has the structure of a dream. If we already know what psychoanalytic criticism is, now is the time for us to go deeper into the aspects that are in this criticism itself. And in this podcast, I would like to discuss about two aspects of psychoanalytical criticism itself, which are the defenses anxiety and core issues and also dreams and dream symbols so the first is the defenses anxiety and core issues our defenses support our unconscious wants to not acknowledge or alter our toxic habits because we have built our identities around them and because we are terrified of what we might discover if we look too carefully Defenses are the process by which the contents of our unconscious are kept in the unconscious. In other words, they are the process by which we keep the repressed in order to avoid knowing what we feel we can handle knowing. Defenses include selective perception, selective memory, denial, avoidance, displacement, and projection. Of course, sometimes our defenses momentarily break down, and this is when we experience anxiety. Anxiety is the mind and body reaction to stressful, dangerous, or unfamiliar situations. Anxiety can be an important experience because it can reveal our core issues. And now, let's begin our discussion of core issue and their relationship to anxiety with some examples of the more common core issues. The first one is fear of intimacy. 
the chronic and overpowering feeling that emotional closeness will seriously hurt or destroy us and that we can remain emotionally safe only by remaining at emotional distance from others all the times. As we saw above, fear of intimacy can also function as a defense. If this particular defense occurs frequently or continually, then fear of intimacy is probably a core issue. The next one is fear of abandonment. This unshakable belief that our friends and loved ones are going to desert us, it's called physical abandonment or don't really care about us and it's called emotional abandonment. The next one is fear of betrayal. The nagging feeling that our friends and loved ones can be trust. For example, can't be trust not to lie to us, not to laugh at us behind our backs, or in the case of romantic part- partners, not to cheat on us by dating others. The next one is low self-esteem. The belief that we are less worthy than other people and therefore don't deserve attention, love, or any other's life rewards. Indeed, we often believe that we deserve to be punished by life in some way. And the next one is insecure or unstable stance of self. The inability to sustain a feeling of personal identity, to sustain a sense of knowing ourselves. This core issue makes us feel vulnerable to the influence of other people. And we may find ourselves criticism continually changing the way we look or behave as we become involved with different individuals or group. Just as fear of intimacy can function as both a defense and a core issue, a given core issue can re- result from another core issue or can cause the emergence of another core issue. In addition, we have access to our unconscious. If we know how to use it, through our dreams and through any creative activities we engage in because both our dreams and our creativity, independent of our conscious will or desire draw directly on the unconscious. So to summarize what I have explained above about unconscious, defenses, and anxiety is the biggest reason to our core issue. People who tend to end their life because they feel like they no longer have control of their minds. They no longer have the access to control their unconscious. That is why Fruit focuses his learning and research on psychoanalysis. Psychoanalytic criticism helps people to feel free to release what is inside their heads. And for the next aspect, I will talk about dreams and dream symbols. For me personally, this aspect is the interesting aspect to discuss. Why? Because dreams are something that almost all of us always experience and we sometimes always look for the meaning of the dream. That is why for me this is a interesting aspect to discuss. So, it is believed that during sleep our defenses don't function as effectively as they do during the day. The unconscious is allowed to communicate during sleep and it does so through our dreams. The message our unconscious communicates in our dreams, also known as the latent content, 
is transformed so that we are less likely to immediately identify it through the processes of displacement and condensation. When we utilize a safe person, event, or thing as a stand-in to symbolize a more frightening person, event, or thing, dream displacement occurs. When we utilize a single dream, image, or event to symbolize several unconscious wants or conflicts, this is known as condensation. Certain general principles of dream interpretation tend to apply in most cases, and they are as follows. Because dreamers create all the characters in their dreams, there is a real sense in which each person we dream about is really a part of our own psychological experience that we project during the dream onto a stand-in. Although we might often dream about fears and wants that we know, we have that are clearly part of our conscious experience, our dreams about these concerns probably indicate that we need to work further on them, that they bite into us in ways we aren't ready to admit. Of course, recurring dreams or recurring dreams images are the most reliable indicators of our unconscious concerns. We must keep in mind though that even during this awareness stage, we are extremely likely to unconsciously alter the dream in an effort to further protect ourselves from learning what we would be too painful to learn. The fact that our dreams come to us in disguised form and that we will only interpret them to the level that we are ready to do so makes them relatively safe sources for unconscious scars, anxieties, guilty desires, and unresolved conflicts, regardless of how terrifying or upsetting they might be. Additionally, we typically wake up during nightmares if the dreams get too terrifying. I think this is all I can say about the theory of psychoanalytic criticism. Before I end this podcast, let me give an example and my opinion on the psychoanalytic criticism. For me personally, psychoanalytical criticism is one of the most important theories in existence. Why? Because psychoanalysis is still around us and still relevant to us today. The reason why they are still relevant to us because first, Psychoanalytic therapies are still used today to heal people who have trauma in their past. And the second one, these existential questions have remained important to psychoanalytic treatment's goals of expanding knowledge and encouraging personal development. And as example of this case study from psychoanalytical criticism, let me tell you about myself when I was a kid. It started when I got a good achievement or even a good grade but I was never appreciated by but always compared because of things that happened in the past I have now grown into someone who can be said to have a core issues of low self-esteem why because it has never been appreciated in the past I always feel that whatever I do is never good enough and that is not something to be proud of. Because I have grown up like this, I think I have a self-defense mechanism in the form of avoidance, where I choose to avoid when other people are praised 
or choose not to answer questions about my achievements. And for me until now, accepting my own core issues is still a quite difficult thing to do. And so I guess that's all I can deliver today. I hope you can enjoy this podcast and gain a new knowledge from here. And I hope all of us can heal from our past trauma. And thank you.